Today's daf is daf Yudalid. We are holding at the top of Yudgimel Amid Beis. So we learned yesterday the shita of Rabbi Yossi Aglili. Rabbi Yossi Aglili holds, Kachim Kalam is Maman Balim, that uh, those type of korbanis where there is no me'ila until the, until the shita and the zrika, <coughs> like, like Shlomim, like Toda, are considered to be the possession, the asset of the owner. So even though there is a passage that says Shorayu that you only chayev if you damage an animal that is uh, that is belonging to a, a uh, uh, that is belonging to a, uh, a non a non that has an owner that is a non hegdish uh, uh, animal it has to be reayu but nevertheless it is considered reayu by certain types of hegdish. Now, the flip side as well, it seems to be, this I think Antisus explains, is that also the damaging animal also would have the same halacha, that if the damaging animal is an animal of hegdish, so then you would not be able to collect from the, uh, from the owner if, the, if it belongs to the Beis HaMikdash. But if it's Kachim Kalim, then you can consider the owner... The, of the animal, that it, he, it's, his, it's his equity, it's his asset, and you can collect from him, which leads us then to the next ruling. Amarova, toda shehizika, if a person's carbon toda damages, toda is a form of kachim kalim, it damages, so toda explains, we're talking about a short time here, and a short time, we don't collect it from your house, we collect it just up to the, the, the Nizaks are to collect Chatzinezek, half damages, capped by the value of the damaging animal. So that means that the Chatzinezek, if let's say the uh, animal that damaged was worth uh, a, thou- a thousand zoos and the animal that died was worth uh, 5,000, so Chatzinezek would be 2,500, so the most you could get is 1,000 because it's capped at 1,000 because the animal that damaged is where you take from. Now, Tamal Gemara is very interesting. It seems that you can actually take the, the, the animal itself, the meat of the animal itself, which, so, so what Rava teaches is that carbon Toda Shezika that if a carbon toda damaged and it's a tam, the nizak, the owner of the damaged animal, gova mibsora, he can collect from the meat of the animal, but ain't a gova milachma, but he does not collect from the bread. Now what that means is the carbon toda in association with the, uh, with, with, with bringing the, uh, the, the, the animal, you have 40 loaves of bread uh, that, that have to be brought as well. So it says that your right to collect is capped by the value of the, of the meat, or you collect the meat itself, but you cannot go after the loaves that are going to be brought by the person seeking kapora, or, not, or, or, it's actually, or, or bringing the, anim, the, the, the toda for the sake of whatever the purpose he was bringing the for but so ain't a government lachma. So what it says, lechem pshita, obviously not. Raj explains is that the reason why you can go after the meat because the meat is what caused the damage. So it's capped up to the value of the meat, but because that's the meat, that's the animal that caused the damage. The bread didn't cause the damage. What's the havamin? You can go after the bread. 
that's that's a, that's an, a, 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 there's no purpose in saying you can't go after the bread. But it says safe. You're right. The novelty over here is not that you can't collect the damages from the bread. It's the next part of the uh, of the ruling. What was the next part of the ruling? Nizak ochel bosor umeskaper mevi lechem. That even though the nizak has taken the meat as part of his payment, and he eats the meat of the carbon toda, obviously with all the rules that are required to be eaten, but he takes the meat, but the bread still remains by the, 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 the uh, his, he gets his kapara through eating the bread. So now what, what's that time is trying to say? Is that he has to bring the bread. What would you have thought? What? That, that, that the nizak has to bring the bread. Moses says, Hanami pshita. Why is that a novelty? He's saying, no, the first statement that you can't collect in bread, <clears throat> that's, you're right, that's pashit. But that, what's saying, but that he has to still bring the bread, and that's not pashit? That the, that the, that the, the owner of the animal does, has to bring the bread. What would you have thought otherwise? Moses says, like this, I'll tell you what I would have thought. Is since the bread is actually connected to the meat, Right, since the uh, the bread is a uh, it, it is a hechsher, it is a uh, uh, it, it allows the bringing of the bread is allows one to eat the meat. It means it's considered to be a, uh, a, a, a it qualifies the meat to be eaten. You might think that the guy who's, the, 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 the mazik can say, well, I'm not eating the meat over here. Why should I have to bring the bread that qualifies the eating of the meat if the nizak's eating the meat? You're eating the meat, so you bring the bread. He might have thought he could tine of that. So therefore, lay malay, so therefore, you should be able to say, the mazik should be able to say the nizak. He's at achal basar, since you're eating the meat, ana aisi lechem, I should have to bring the bread. Kamash malan, no. The lechem chiyu the bialim. The bottom line is, since it's the bialim at the end of the day is getting the kapora, or he's getting discharging his uh, obligation for the reason he's bringing his carbon toda, even though he's not going to get to eat the meat, and even though the bread is a qualifier for the meat, nevertheless it's his responsibility to bring the bread, and that is the novelty of rava. Let's go weiter. We're going back to the Mishnah. The Mishnah said that only properties that, are bnei, that belong to a Bnei Bris. Now, Bnei Bris means a person of the covenant. Usually that means Jews. So property belongs to Bnei Bris. Those are the ones that you have to pay for, uh, that you have to pay damages for. So what is that coming to exclude? If you're telling me what's telling you that if a Jew's shore damages the shore of an Ebed Kuchavim, that you're exempt from paying only when it damages Bnei Bris, but not in people that aren't Bnei Bris, Haktani Lalakaman, that's going to be fully elaborated later on. Why do you have to mention it twice? We're going to say later on, Shor Shal Yisrael Shanaga Shor Shal explicitly, it speaks it out, is Potter. So why do you have to mention it in the, in the Mishnah, in, in, the, in, the, in the earlier Mishnah? So what it says, Tanah Adam Mepharash, the earlier Mishnah, the beginning of our Perek, that just sets the general rule. That, that uh, uh, it has to be Nechosim Shein Bnei Bris. The later Mishnah, later on, explains what does that mean. That's So the later Mishnah is an elaboration of the general rule that's in the beginning of the of Masechta. Let's keep going. 
It says that properties that are uh, that are, are designated means is they have ownership, a private ownership. Somebody owns them, so therefore that's where there is a din in uh, in, in paying the zokin. So what's that coming to exclude? So what is that excluding? I mean, if it's only if it's got a private, if it, if it has that there's ownership over it, right? What does that mean? So I'm Rabbi Yehuda. The case maybe is coming to exclude where the identification of who the owner is is not clear. Let's say you had <coughs> the Nizak's ox wandered around a bunch of other oxen all owned by different individual, and when the dust clears, the Nizak's uh, uh, ox is dead or damaged, and there's five different animals that could have possibly done it with five different owners. So therefore, that's what it's coming to exclude. That because then you can't say it's miyuchad that it is clearly de- designated identification. You can't designate identify the mazik in this case because it could have been any one of a number of different people. So therefore, so maybe that's what's coming to exclude. That people argue whose ox caused the damage. So it's not miyuchad. The damage is not uh, localized or or, uh, or focused on one specific uh, individual. But that itself, that's what the first mission is mentioning. That also was mentioned later on. We're going to talk about, we're going to uh, men- mention this uh, later on in the Masech and Lamed Hay. It says, Mamish, this case. Two oxen are, are seen, Reuben and Shimon's oxen are seen chasing Levi. Goes round the corner, and Levi's ox is dead. And Ze Omer Shorcha Hizik, Ze Omer Shorcha Hizik. Reuben says it was your ox that did it, and Shimon says it was your ox that did it. Shnei and Peturin, they both exempt. That's Mamish, if that's what the Chasim Yechadim means, that we can't identify who the owner of the Mazik was, that's Mamish, the case that's mentioned later on. Again, says the Gemara, Tanahadim Mefaresh, is that the general rule is being mentioned here, and then it's been elaborated on and, and explained later on in Daf Lamed Hay. Let's keep going. Now, the Gemara says like this, is that, that the way we wanted to explain the Chassim uh, Amyuchadim, according to Rabbi Yehuda, means that you have to be able to identify who the owner is. And we said, and then in order to explain it, why you have to mention it twice, it's uh, the general rules being set, and then we have an explanation of it later on. But the Matnisatana, in the Brisa, we have a different explanation as to what the Chassim Amyuchadim means. That could also be the explanation that in our Mishnah. But what does the Brisa say? Pratlan hefker. And it means that it's that there's no pain and damages if you're dealing with the chasim of hefker. Now that's very difficult to understand. Hey Chidami, what's the case that you need to tell me that if it's hefker, then you don't have to make payments? Let's say our ox, the mazik owned his ox, and his ox went and damaged an ox that was Hefker. So Chora asked the Gemara, Chora, why do you need to say that his potter, of course his potter, Man who is claiming against him that you have to tell me that if you damage Hefker, you're potter, of course. <laughs> no one's coming with a claim. Ella maybe it's the other way around. The Nagach Tura de Hefker, the Tura Didon. The case was that an animal of Hefker went and damaged your ox. So the din is, they're telling you, oh, you can't claim. So again, the Gemara couldn't really ask, who are you going to claim for? The Gemara asks even more. 
What do you mean? You, if it's hefker, then you just take take the ox that caused the damage and take that as a compensation. What do you mean? It's not even, not even potter. Not even potter. It's a, you, a hefker animal damages you, you take the hefker animal. You're allowed to own the whole animal if it's hefker. Someone says, so lazy, go and take it. Right? Someone says, no, what happens is like this. Let's set up the case. Your animal goes in Rishus Rabin. An animal that's hefker goes and damages it. Okay? So right away, your initial reaction is that 9 o'clock in the morning, your animal was damaged by a shore of Hefker. You find out about it at 10 o'clock in the morning. So you say, I'm going to go and take that shore of Hefker. The problem is at 9.30, somebody already claimed that a Hefker animal. So now what might you think? You might think to say is, since the Hefker animal is what caused the damage so that you can go back to the person who claimed that animal and say, uh-uh, I have a right to take from that animal because it damaged my animal. Kamash Malan comes along our Mishnah and the, and, and, and the Brisa and says, no, is that you can only claim an animal or payment from the animal if it was miyuchadim, as at the time of the damage, it had an owner. But if the owner of that animal is only subsequent to the damage, you cannot claim, you can't make a claim on that particular animal. So that is, that is an alternative shot in what it has been miyuchadim. It has miyuchadim means it has to be owned at the time of the damage. It wasn't owned at the time of the damage, even though someone subsequently took it and, and now you can't get it, you cannot make a claim against that party or against that animal. Ravina Amar, he says like this. He says that it's coming to teach me a third, a third shot in what does it mean that it has to be owned. Yuchad uh, means designated or privately owned. What does it mean? What happens if Ruben's ox damages and before you can legislate against him, the Nizak, before he goes and turns around and he's mocked as shit, he donates it to the Beis Hamikdash, right? Or Hefker, or he goes and he's mafkir, he's not the owner of that animal anymore. Whoever wants can come and take it. So that, the Chiddush of it, here's a big Chiddush, is that that is, we cannot collect from that owner. If that owner has given up control of the animal before you can legislate against him, either by making it hegdish or by mafkirit, you cannot recoup from that person. All right? Now, it's very interesting because it doesn't say... If it's not been declared hefker, why can't this guy just claim it? It was, it was declared hefker. So why can't the guy who's damaged say, okay, you, you, you could, you could take it, you could take it, but the point over here is, is that you cannot sue the person. And what happens if it doesn't cover the expenses? What, ha- you know, so, or what happened if somebody else took it first? Meaning that was the, you know, I, the, the, it, it doesn't make a distinction over here whether it's Tom or Muad. I didn't spend enough time looking into it. It would seem to me that this should make a difference, but it, 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 from the Gemara later on, it doesn't make a difference is that it doesn't matter whether it's Tom, whether it's Muad, the same halacha would apply. Ravina Amar, Tanina Mihachi, the Bryce supports 
We have a Brisa supporting Ravina's position. It says, yeah. now, in order to understand the Brisa, just let me explain a machlokas between, there's a machlokas between Yehuda and the Chachamim. The Pasuk says like this, the Pasuk says that if your ox kills somebody, your ox kills somebody, so the halacha is, the way the Torah actually writes it, which is interesting, the Torah says is that uh, if this was a uh, muad, I believe in the case of this, specifically if it's a muad, but it says there that im shor nagachum itmol shilsham is a muad from preceding days, and the owner had been warned, and he did not give it the appropriate safeguard, the hamis ish, and it now went and killed a person, or isha, or a woman, a man, or a woman, Ashar Yisako, the, the ox gets stoned, the ox gets executed, the Gambal of Yumas, and the owner is put to death. Now the Gemara is going to learn later on that that is figurative, it's not literal. The owner is not actually put to death, but the owner has to compensate, has to pay a kofer, like for, for, to, to, as, like a, as a, a, a kapara for his soul. But the point is that the ox is executed. Now, the question over there, the question that, that the machlok is between Luzondaf and Dalid, the question over there is that what happens if you have an ox that belongs to Hegdish or an ox that belongs to Hefker that goes and kills somebody, right? So the Chachamim Shita is, well, you can execute the ox. Rabbi Yehuda says, the Pasuk says that the, uh, the, the owner was, was warned and then the ox was, uh, the ox killed, then you have to execute the ox and you also punish the owner. The implication of the verse is that this din that you execute the ox is only if the ox had an owner. But if the ox did not have an owner, then the ox is not subject to being executed. That is the machlokas of Yehud. It's machlokas of Yehud and the Chachamim. And then the Brisa continues. Now we're going to see from the continuation of the Brisa, we want to circle back and show a support for Ravina. Ravina said that if your ox gores and then your mafkirit, you cannot, the, the, the person, the, the Nizah, cannot claim from you once if you were mafkir before he was able to legislate. Now, Tanya Namihachim, so it says like this, Yes, Al-Kain, I'm Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda, he said even more than this. Afilu, what he says, not, not only if an ox that's hefker kills somebody, can you do not execute the animal, but even if Nagach, if it, the time when it killed, there was an owner. But subsequently, the owner was mafkirit before it could be brought to, to, to court. So therefore, Nagav Hegdish, either he, he, he consecrated it or he was a mafkirit, Still, Potter, the ox would be exempt from the death penalty. Shenemar, what is Rabbi Huda Shita? Says, ish, that the owner had been warned to safeguard it, and it went and it killed someone. The Gomer, now the rest of the Pasuk, which is important, but the rest of the Pasuk says, then, uh, that you execute the ox and you. Put the, uh, and, and you execute the, the owner. But it's mashma that at the time of the execution of the ox, the owner has to be, uh, has, has to be uh, the owner. And therefore, Sir Yehuda says, even if the time of the death uh, that was caused by the ox, there was an owner, but at the time of legislation, there was no owner, you cannot execute the ox. So this is sits for, so that's what that's in terms of executing the animal. Ravina is applying it to in terms of collecting 
for damages, the same halacha will apply, but you see the same concept. Now, the Gemara wants to know the language of the, uh, of the, of the uh it was achate miso, that you only can execute the ox if there was, if the time of death of the person and and when the person was brought to, and when the animal and the person were brought to court, they have to be the same status, meaning there has to be an owner on the ox. Now, Hamadabadin is when the legislation begins. The Chorah, the Pazik says that there has to be an owner at the time of the execution. The execution of the ox is not at the time of Hamadabadin. Hamadabadin is the beginning of the trial. The execution, that's talking about after the verdict has been rendered. So why are you limiting this that there has to be an owner at the time of the death of the person, that when the, 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 when he, when the ox killed, as well as when the legislation began? should be more than when the legislation began. What you don't need, that there should be the owner at the time of the verdict, should be all the way through the entire legislation, legislative process, not just the beginning. So how show you something? It says the ox will be stoned and, uh, and, and the owner will be put to death. Mashman, there has to be an owner even at the end of the process by the verdict or by even actually by the execution. So Amos says like this, that you have to have all three, there has to be an owner by all three uh, uh, Points at the time of the exec- at the time of the death caused by the goring of the victim at the time of when the legislation began as well as when the les- legislation ended. Now it's very interesting. Why do you have to make three points? Just say that from the beginning to the end. Just say from the time of the death until the execution. Now the Bira Gra deals with the machlokus we shown him. There's a question: Is does it have to be contiguous? all the way through, but let's say it was mafkir and then he took it back, or he mocks it and then he deconsecrated, meaning, let's say there were gaps. So, so he says, you see from this, the Bira Gros bring that, those who show him that hold, that only at these three critical points, you don't have to have it contiguous all the way through, that if the time of the, the when the, the shore killed, at the time when the legislation began, and at the time when the verdict is being rendered or the execution is taking place, that is where there has to be an owner. If there were gaps in between, Snishka Feralach, it doesn't take away from the halacha. Anyway. Can, Rabbi? Yes. Before we said that not only is the shore killed, but the as well, correct? The owner, yeah, but it means financially. We don't kill him. Right, I know. So just the fact Adam, I'm not hearing you. It's not clear. Say it again. It's not clear. Not coming too clear. Just because the owner gets rid of the ox by making it a hefker or a hangdish, right. why should he from any further punishment? Because the owner, the owner is the, 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 the We're not. We're talking about in terms of. There's two different things. In terms of the execution of the ox, is the Rabbi Yehuda's sheet uh, din. Ravina's din is in terms of litigating against the uh, owner for the, for the damages, not a case of death, a case of damage. In the case of the death, it could be that there the owner would actually have to pay irrespective because it's not t- it doesn't have to be necessarily tied. But I'm talking about in terms of the damages. But you're right. Even in the case of damages, it's hard to hear. Because I went and was mafkirit, so now you can't hold me. 
you can't you can't take misumi. It's, 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 that's why I thought I thought maybe it's applied by Tom specifically, but you see, it's not even not applying by Tom. It applies by, because by the case of Tom, your lien is on the animal. So I understand the distinction. Case of Muad, the lien is created against your estate, against you. So, but I, I haven't looked into it enough to see if there's a difference between them. But that's what I would think to answer your question. Let's go on. Rishus uh, anizak vaamazik. All right. So we said that. Uh, the a rishus a domain that belongs to both the nizik and the mazik. Now, in order to understand this, if you want to turn to the beginning of the masechta, the mishnah, go back to the mishnah and look how the mishnah was worded. Worded. All right. This is uh, at the end of the mishnah. Right. So the mishnah said like this. The mishnah said it's a little bit cryptic. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, clear. But it says. That um, it's on Tet Amal Base. Good Adam. Okay. <clears throat> look. So look at the end of the Mishnah. The Mishnah says like this. The Mishnah says. So we had Nechasam Yuchadim, which we just dealt with, right? And. Uh, If you have all these circumstances that we had, that has to be a Jew, and again, all right? So then, you, uh, under all circumstances, there's liability, chutz. Now, this is what we're doing. Chutz v'shus amyucheres lemazik, except for if the domain was the only, the only right to be there was that of the mazik. means that if, you're, the, if the damaged, damaged animal wandered into the rishus, on the mazik, it was trespassing. So in such a case, obviously, what's the halacha over there? Chutz v'shus am yucheres lemazik. That there's an exception. There, there will not be liability. Why will there not be liability? Right? I want to see the Mishnah on Tav Tes. What? Why is there no liability over there? Because your animals, where it's not supposed to be. Correct. That's the, that's the first clause, and that we know what that means. Then it states a second clause. It says, Rishus anizak vaamazik. And on, in a domain that both the, the, the nizak and the mazik had a right to be there. Now, it's not clear. Is that saying that also means there'll be no liability? Or does that read with the third, the last clause? Shehizek chavamazik l'shalem. When the damager causes damage, then he will be liable to pay. We made tashlume nezek the payment of damages made of arutz from the best of the land. So what the question is that clause that if it's a a property that belongs to or they has that both the the nezek and the mazik have to be there. What is that? Is that where you're going to be a potter like the, the statement before? So Rishus Anizik Vamazik is also going to be an exemption from liability, or does it go with the last clause? Oshehizik Chavamazik means that there is liability in that case. Now let me just give you the following rules so that we understand. Karen, right, where the animal intends to either uh, gore or bite or trample, right, with intent, that there's obligation to not uh, even Rishus Arabim. In Rishus Arabim, obviously if it goes into the Nizak's Rishus, but even Rishus Arabim, there's obligation. Ker, uh, Karen and Regal, 
I mean, a shein and regal, where it goes and eats, or it goes and inadvertently tramples, doesn't mean with that, with intent. So there, it's only in the rishus of the nizak, where my animal went into somebody else's domain. In rishus rabim, there is no uh, uh, liability for, you shouldn't have had it there. You know, my animal has a right to walk through. You should know my animal is walking through. So therefore, in such a case, there is no payment. That, that's the rule. So you know, there's a difference, so there's a difference in Karen and Yunushayn Lerego. So now, let's go back to our Gemara. So it says, Rishus HaNizik Vahamazik, that, uh, that a premise, that, that a premises or a, or a, or a, a, lo, a location that both the Nizik Mazik uh, have, have joint ownership of a right to be there. So what? What about that? It's not clear. So we have a machlokus, how to understand this line. So Amrav Chista, Amravimi, Shutvim. It's talking about a yard, a courtyard that belongs to partners. Okay? Chayev Ba'ala Shen that if Reuven and Shimon jointly own a courtyard, and Reuven's shore goes in that courtyard and either eats or inadvertently tramples something that belongs to Shimon, so Reuven will have to pay. Why? Because we don't, we don't consider it like a Rishusar Rabin. It's not like a Rishusar Rabin, because the passage that talks about Shein Regal says that it went and damaged, Ubir Acher, went and damaged in somebody else's property. The fact that Reuven and Shimon jointly, jointly owned it, it's still considered to be, according to Rab Chista, Bir Acher, it damaged in somebody else's property, as opposed to Rishusar Rabin, where you cannot say, but this is considered like my animal going into your property, even though we jointly own the courtyard. So that's what his shita is. So chayiv bar la shame vala regal. Karen for sure you be chayiv, but Karen you chayiv in rishus arabim. So it doesn't want to. Speak, it doesn't speak about Karen, but for sure you chayiv and shame the regal. And therefore, how do you read? How do you read the Mishnah on Daftes? You read like this is that where it's the shus of the mazik alone, then there's no liability. But, but chut mirishus am yuchedes mazik, so therefore that you're potter. But rishus ha-nizik mazik that ties with the last clause, keshehizik, when damage will happen between the mazik and the nizik, even though it's jointly owned property, chava mazik, the mazik is going to have to pay. So that's Rab Chista's position that a partnership, a jointly owned courtyard, doesn't exempt the mazik from paying the nizak for Shane Varego. Rab Lazar disagrees. Rab Lazar Omer, he says, Potter Allah Shane Valarego. If it's jointly owned, you'll be Potter. Right? And we're going to see, because he considers that more like a Rishul Sarabim. Since I have a right to be there, you don't have a right to uh, expect me in a place where I have a right to be, to watch my animal from eating something that should, that's lying around, or from trampling something that's lying around. And he says, and therefore, according to Rabbi Lozer, how to read the Mishnah is as follows. Is there's no liability. An exception to the case of liability is where it's this, a property that is that is uniquely, specifically owned by the mazik, and the rishus of a nizik and a mazik nami potter. That's also going to be potter. Ah, what about the last clause? Now, because it's not going on the middle clause, then what is that coming to teach me? So this goes back all the way to the beginning of the Masechta. Because 
It's coming lisuya keren. That's coming to add keren. Now we had a machlokas rav and shmuel. According to shmuel, when it says shor in the mishnah, shor specifically referred to regel, and mave referred to shame. The one that wasn't explicitly mentioned was Karen. And we said because Karen has in it a, it's not 100% right away because it has in it Chatsi Nezek, so it's not explicitly mentioned with the other ones. Where is it referred to? This was the line. Because Chavamazik, you have to pay. That's talking about Lusuya Karen. That's referring to the Av of Nezek that was not mentioned in the Mishnah. But Anichel Shmuel, it more points out that that only explains the Mishnah the way Shmuel learned it. Because according to Shmuel, you still had to mention Karen in an in, in, uh, in an indirect manner with the, on the from the Mishnah on Daf Tess. But according to Rav, he learned that when it says uh, Shor, Shor included all three Karen, Regal, Shane. So if it included all three, then you don't need Keshehizik Chavanizik Keshehizik Chavan Amazik to come in to include Karen because Karen's already included in the beginning of the Masechta with the word Shor. That shore incorporates all the different avos of shore. What is that coming to include? So what I'm going to say, it's coming to include something that it's not going to be clear what the cases are, but we're going to spend the rest of today's shir clarifying what those cases are. But let's see. What does it mean? That what is it coming to include? To include that well, uh, that clause in the Mishnah on Dav Tess is coming to include what was taught in a Brisa. Mazik, the Brisa says explicitly, what case is that? The four types of custodians, all right? That that if an animal was uh, caused damage while it was in their domain, if it was a time, you pay half damages. It was mood, you pay full damages. And uh, the Shomer, the Chor of the Shomer talk about, if he had it safeguarded within a wall, and an onus happened, the wall broke, and the animal got out, since it's at night and he can't see, he's not held responsible. It's considered to be an onus. Or if robbers broke in, and they broke the wall, they the uh, and then the animal go in that are damaged, in such a case it will be potter. Okay, so bottom line is we'll see exactly what the scenarios are. But according to uh, Rava, according to Rav, he doesn't need Mazik to teach me the case of Karen, because that's included in Shor. It's coming to teach me that there are cases of Shomrim, that the Shomrim, there's going to be Nezek Sholem, Chatsi Nezek by Atam, there's going to be damages that they're responsible for, even though it's a case of Shomrim. And that we're going to have to clarify what those cases are. We're going to do that right now. Let me just shut the door. Let me just shut the door over there. Okay. Let's go. Amar Mar. What is that coming to include? The four custodians is that if the animal damages, it was a tam, it's chatsi nezek. If it uh, is, is a muad, it's nezek sholem. And, uh, okay, so that's, that's what it's coming to explain. So, hey, damis. One wants to know, what exactly is the case where a custodian is going to have to, there's damages, and there is liability. What is the case? Maybe the case is like this. The case over here he's talking about 
that the lender who gave his ox to the borrower, all right? Now the borrower had his own ox. And what happened was that the borrower's ox, the Shoel's ox, we're picking a case of Shoel. We'll see in a moment why specifically Shoel, but it really applies by all dollar children. Now the Shoel's ox went and damaged the, uh, the mazik. I mean, da- damaged the, the mashil, right? So let's, let's speak out the, the names. Ruvain goes and he lends his ox to Shimon. Shimon's own ox goes and damages Ruvain, okay? So now, what are we saying over here? We're saying that, uh, that what, what's, what's, what's the halacha, right? What are we saying? So, uh, again, so, uh, the Aske Turin, the Marshall, no, I'm sorry, I, I have it backwards. I have it backwards. The case is like this, is that Ruvain lends his ox to Shimon, and then Ruvain's ox goes and damages Shimon's own ox. So the Marshall who's the lender, the lender's animal damages the borrower's animal. Right. And, 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 and what, but the ruling is that Ruve now has to pay. Right? So the Gmona says like this. The Gmona says, one second. That makes no sense. Because let's say Ruven gives Shimon an ox. Now Shimon is the custodian. Now let's say that Shimon doesn't watch that ox so well, and that ox goes and damages Shimon's neighbor. All right? Who has to pay? Who has to pay the neighbor? Shimon. Shimon has to pay. Right? Obviously, he was the one who was in charge for watching. So if Shimon has to pay when Ruvain's ox under his jurisdiction damages someone else, if Ruvain's ox damages Shimon's ox under his jurisdiction, it makes no sense that Ruvain would have to pay Shimon. Right? That makes no sense. So why is it like this? So what it says like this, Lay Malay, why can't Ruvain, the marshal, say to Shimon, Ilo Azik Ba'alma, if my ox would have damaged a third party, your neighbor, boys Mishlumi'at, you would have had to pay because it's under your jurisdiction. So So now under your jurisdiction, my ox damages your ox. What? I should have to pay. Of course it's on you. I don't have to pay for that. So that can't be the case of the Mishnah. When it, that can't be the case of when it says, Keshachav Amazik, <coughs> coming from the case of Dalit Shomrin, it can't be the case where the Mashil's ox damages a Shoel, because the Mashil would be chayv in that case. So what's the case? Ella, let's say it's the other way around. The ask the Shoel, the Mashil, is the case is Reuven gave his ox to Shimon, and Shimon's ox damaged Reuven's ox. So the novelty is, what it's telling is, that Shimon has to now go pay Reuven. Right? Someone says, that also doesn't make sense. Why doesn't that make sense? Because like this, what does it say? What is the payment? Well, it says, well, let's take a look. If Shimon's ox is, it says, if it's a Tom, it's Chatzi Nezek. If it's a Muad, it's Nezek Shalom. So that makes no sense. Because let's say, Reuven gives his ox to Shimon. Right? And another animal, not, not Shimon's own animal, a third party's animal, comes and damages uh, Ruvain. Comes and damages Ruvain's ox. Ruvain comes back to Shimon, I want my ox. Oh, I'm sorry, the neighbor's ox got loose and it, and it killed your ox. Okay. What's going to be the halacha over there? You go to the neighbor to pay? No, I don't have to go to the neighbor. 
You are my shoel. You borrowed it from me. So therefore, you pay me. And how much do you have to pay me? You're Chayven Onsen. So therefore, you're the shoel. So what do you have to pay me? You have to pay me Nezek Sholem. You have to replace the value of my ox. You took liability. You have to pay me full. So what, it doesn't make sense the difference between Tom and Muad. There's no Tom. You give a shoel something to watch. And an, and, and, and an, an onus happens. Even if lightning hits it. He has to replace the, 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 the item. So how do you make a difference if it's Tom or it's Muad? It makes no difference. Now, you might be able to go back. The na- you might be able to go to the neighbor and collect from him. Maybe. But not in terms of, the, of Ruven. Ruven, you have to replace the item. So it doesn't make sense to say that it's talking about where uh, Shimon's ox damaged Ruvain, and now he's going to have to only pay Chatzin Nezik if it's a Tom. So Ella, uh, let's see. So Ella, the ask Keturah de Shoel, Leturah de Mashal. Okay, Shimon's ox damaged Ruvain. So lay Malay, so Lechora, Ruvain should be able to say to him, what do you mean you're going to pay me half damages if it's a Tom? He should say to him, Ilu Itzig Ma'alma. If something would have happened to my ox, from another ox, not your ox. Something would happen from an, an ox, your neighbor's ox, right? You would have to replace my ox. You're a shoel. You're a chayv to pay me full value. I don't care whether that ox was a tom or a mu'ad. That makes no difference. So therefore, now that it's your ox that damaged my ox, I should only have to accept chatzinezek on that. That makes no sense. That should be chatzinezek. I should only have to accept chatzinezek. That makes no sense, right? So therefore, back to our question, what's the case of Shomrim that there is a case of liability and it depends on Tom or Muad? What's the case? Mm-hmm. So let's go back to say that it was Ruvain's ox that damaged Shimon. Okay? Now, the problem we had with that, if it's Ruvain's ox damaging Shimon, we said that if Ruvain's ox would have damaged anybody else's ox, Shimon would have been responsible. So now if it damages Shimon's ox, then you can go back to Reuven and ask him to pay. That made no sense. So Mora says that I, it seems that this was a thing back in the day. Mora says sometimes when a person accepts to use your animal, to watch your animal, the Dalit Kestone, you can put in the following condition. You know, it's, it's like a liability when you take insurance at, at a... Uh, you take insurance... Um, from for a car, at, uh, there's different types of insurances, right? So, so there it seems to be that there was custodians that said, "Listen, I will accept on myself responsibility that if anything happens to your animal, I'm responsible, but I'm not willing to take responsibility if your animal goes." and does something to someone else. Then I'm not willing to expect. I don't know the nature of your animal. I don't, I'm not willing to accept that. And the, 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 the lender said, okay. Now what happened was, so the lender gives his animal to the borrower. Reuben gives it to Shimon. And what happens is, is that Reuben's ox goes and damages Shimon's ox. So now, we said before, he's the Shomer. How could he? No, because he only accepted that nothing would happen to Ruvain's ox. But if Ruvain's ox gores his, he has a right to go after him now. But the only thing is, let's see, was it a Tom or a Muad? If it's a Tom, you can go after Ruvain, but you can only collect Chatzin Ezek. If it's a Muad, then you can get Nezek Shalom. That's the case of the Shomer. 
Shemur says like this, Lo'ilam to ask it to the marshal to the root shawel. That the marshal's ox gored the shawels. Ruben's ox, Ruben who lent it, his ox damaged the shawel, the borrower. What's the case over here? That Shimon only accepted to safeguard, protect, that nothing will happen to the animal in terms of protecting it from it becoming damaged. But lo kibbal alav shmiras nisko. But he did not accept on himself a shmira that what? That he's going to take responsibility if this goes and is mazik another animal. That's the case. So one says like this, one second. So you tell me that's the case, right? So the case over here is, we're talking about, there was a special agreement over here that I'll, I'll watch it from being protected, I'll protect it, but I'm not taking liability if it does something else, right? That was the case. One says, The problem was, what does the end of the Bryce say? The end of Bryce said, that let's say the animal broke the, the, uh, the, it got out at night because the, 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 the wall collapsed. Okay, an onus, right? We said over there, in such a case, since it's at night, we don't hold a person responsible for it getting out if it happened at night, obviously without negligence. We don't hold this one because you can't see what's going on at night. That's what they said. So, Nifritza Belayla, Osha Pertsua Listim, or robbers broke it out, all right? Broke, broke down the wall and, and, and the animal got out and damaged. Potter, okay, we'll learn that. But what does it imply? Because it happened at night. What does it imply? That if this would have happened by day where you could have seen it happen, right? And it got out and it damaged. Smash, what would happen over there in such a case? You would be chayyim. You would be chayyim. Now, how come you chayyim? We said we're talking about a case that the shomer did not accept liability for when the animal damages. If that can't be the case, then why by day is it implied that he'd be chayyim? So how would be chayyim? Hello, kibbalah, love, shmiris, and go, I would talk about a person who did not accept guarding the animal liability from the damage that's caused by the animal. So Moses says, hachi ka'amr. The right way to read the b'raisa is the following. Now, the first half of the b'raisa is the case we had is if that Ruvain's ox damages Shimon. Since Shimon did not accept on himself liability to watch that Ruvain's ox doesn't damage anyone else, it damages Shimon. For the time, it's Chatsi Nezek, it's a Muad, Nezek Shalom. But this is the new one, this is where it changes. But what if he did accept? What if he did accept on himself? Then who's going to be responsible? The responsibility to watch that the animal doesn't damage is no is on the shoal. Therefore, if the wall breaks down, if it's at night, we don't hold him responsible. But if it would be by day, then he would. Because you have to say that at that point there's a transitioning to a case where from where he didn't accept liability to where he does accept liability. That's where the transition occurs. Mm-hmm. So if he would have accepted upon himself guarding the ox by, that it shouldn't do damage, then he could lie high, then he becomes liable in the damages that it causes. And therefore, if it would happen at night, or robbers broke it open, would be potter, which implies though that if it would happen by day, then he would be higher, because we're talking about where he's already transitioned into the case where he does accept liability. What's that? Shoel is a potter me onis. Shoel is chayev and onsin. 
If not, we'll go about the case at night. We'll see when we learn it. What's the, why is that different than a regular owner's? Or if it maybe doesn't apply by a showa, we'll see what all the cases we'll get there. Now, let's go back to our original machlokas. We brought down a machlokas. It seemed to be in a machlokas amaroyim between Rav Chisto and Rav Lozer. How to read the end of the Mishnah on Dav Tess. It says that if your animal goes into the mazik's property, his potter. But it says, if the animal's in Rishus, that both the mazik and the nizik have Rishus bar, there was a machlokas, how to read it. Is that going with the first part of the clause, which means there also, there'll be no liability on the mazik? Or is it going with the second, the, the last clause, shechava nizik, the shechizik chava hamazik? So that he would be chayim. So it seems to be that in a chatzah of shutvim, there is a machlokas whether or not the mazik has to pay the nizah. Now we said that that's only the chorah, the gabeshen v'regel. Because the question is, do we look at it like Rosh Hashanah where there's no din of shen v'regel? Or do we look at it like Rosh Hashanah because it's only owned by the two? But for keren, the chorah makes no difference. Because by keren, you're chayim in Rosh Hashanah Right, now... Says more like this. Now, according to Rabbi Lozer, he held that if it is jointly owned, all right, and there is a shane in rego, so we don't consider it like beer of his day acher. This is not as if you went into a private domain and damaged, because it's jointly owned, it's looked more like a Rishusa Rabin, not a beer of his day acher. That's what we said, right? So Mora says, Aini, is that so? Fatani Rabbi Yosef, we know that Rabbi Yosef brought down the following brysa. It says, Chotzera Shutfim, how much our case? Chotzera Shutfim, or a Pundak. A Pundak is a hotel, an inn. An inn where multiple people are using, it's not just a Rabbim, but multiple people are using shared space. Okay? Now, Chayiv Bahen Alashen Varegel. The Bryce says, Beferish, is that. It is not viewed as a Rishus Rabim. We look at it as a Rishus HaNizak. It is considered Bir Bistei Acher. And there is a Chiyuv and Shein Regal. This appears to be to you for the Rolozer. Because according to Rolozer, he said that if it's jointly owned, right, you're potter from Shein Regal. It's, it's considered more like Rishus Rabim than it's considered to be like the Rishus of the Nizak. So Amalach Rabbi Lozer. So Rabbi Lozer says like this, For Tezberat, you think that this is a Tiyufta on me? You don't think there's a machlokas tanoim? I'm going to show you that there's brises that contradict each other. Means then you can't ask it as a refutation because it's true that brisa A might be against what I'm saying, but brisa B supports what I'm saying. Vatani we learned in a brisa. Arba klolos hayer abshim ben aloza aimer ben azokin. Abshim ben aloza set down four general rules. What were the four rules? Kol shereshus lenizak v'lo reshus lemazik. That where it's solely the, uh, the right of the nizak to be there and not the mazik, right? That means it's the property only of the nizak. Chayev bakol. Then the mazik is chayev for everything. We'll see exactly what that's including. But it means the charek means for sure for Karen, but even for Shane and Rego, because it's the Rishus HaNizak. That's mamish the case of Beer Mizdeacher. That's the classical case of Shane Rego in Torah. Now, the mazik velolanizik, let's say the other way around, that this was trespassing, that it belonged to the mazik, the property, and the nizak's animal wandered into, into the rishus of the mazik. The nizak's animal wandered into the mazik. So then, potter mikol, there you're potter from everything. 
not supposed to be here. Lezeh ulezeh. Now, what does lezeh ulezeh mean? The chora. It means where there was joint kagain chatzra shutvim or the bika. Bika is not a shusarabim, but it is an area where people come to bring their animals to graze. It's not a shusarabim, but it's an open area where people bring their animals to graze, and sometimes was owned collectively, was owned as a group. So therefore, what's the halacha over there? Potter bal Hashem balarega. What do you see the b'risa hold? The b'risa Rabbi Yosef's hold? It's potter Hashem means we look at it as a chazashil shutfim. We look at it as a shus harabim, right? But, you potter bab al shein balaregel. However, al anagicha goring, which is a keren, al anagifa body slamming, nagifa al anashicha biting with intent to bite, to hurt, valaravitza. Uh, uh, squatting down, and kicking, in all of these cases, tam If it's a tam, it'll be It's keren. Keren is is chayv even rishusarabim. And if it's muad mishalem nezek shalem. Now lo lezev, lo However, what if it's a place that neither one had a permission to be there? We'll see exactly what the scenario is. Like a courtyard that doesn't belong to both of them. You are chayav on shein v'regel. And ala negicha, ala shneshicha, for goring, for biting, negifa, for body slam, for crouching, for squatting down, ala on kicking, tam v'shalom chatzinezek, and muad v'shalom nezek shalom. Now, bottom line is, telling me what do we see in this b'risa, is that chatzar ha-shutvin v'abika, according to the b'risa of Rabbi Yosef, if it is a chatzar ha-shutvin, or it's a jointly owned area of fields, why you part Because we consider it to be like a Rishus Arabim. So that supports Rabbi Yosef. So therefore, basically, you don't have a Tayyufta on Rabbi Yosef. Because it's true, you brought the first Brysa that says that a Chatzashel Shutvin and a Pundak, you're Chayv on Shein Varegel, which means we look at it as a private, like Beer Vestay Acher, but we just brought Rabbi Yosef's Brysa that said a Chatzashel Shutvin and, the, uh, and, 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 and a Bikha is considered like Rishus Arabim Lechora, and your partner in Shein Varegel. So Mora says, but Lechora, we don't like there being Machlokas Tanoyim. So if there's a way to reconcile the two Brysas, that would be the better way to go. So Adadi, the Chorah, they're contradicting one another is the way to reconcile the two Bryces. Where it says like this, yes. Kitanya he. That last Brysa, okay, that says that uh, uh, that, that said that if it's, if it's a, uh, a, 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 a court, uh, if it was a, what's his name? Uh, Right? We said that in that case that you are uh, that you are potter from Shane Varegos, like Rashus Rabim, it's Bachatram Yuchedas Means the agreement amongst all of them is that you can bring anything you want. You can bring animals into the area, and you can also bring oxen into the area. Okay? Now uh, that, and, and therefore what? Since it's each one has complete rights to be there, then you don't say it's considered like beer, because you're not going into something that didn't belong to you. 
because you have a right to be there for both, for all reasons. So therefore, that's not beer. That's considered like a Rishusarabim. That's what the Brisa holds. Rabbi Yosef Brisa says you're a potter. However, I'm sorry, that's where the, the Brisa that was brought down, whose Brisa was that? Uh, which Brisa was that? That was the Brisa. Was that Rabbi Yosef's Brisa, the one who's of the Shutzvim? Oh, the, the Arba Klolos, the four the, the, of Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, right? That was the Brisa of Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar. Okay, now, however, the earlier Brisa, the Brisa that was brought down, that we asked the Tiyufta from, from Rabbi Yosef, Kitanyahi, that's Bechatzim Yuchadis Lezeh, Lezeh, no, that was the first one. Ahid uh, Rab Yosef, the Brisa of Rab Yosef, was Bechatzim Yuchadis Lezeh, is where you had permission only for payros, that they only allowed each other to keep payros in there, but but you're not allowed to bring oxen in there. So therefore, in such a case, so in such a case, it's considered to be a chatzar of the nizak because it's not open like Rishus Rabin, that you bring whatever you want. All right? Now, the Gemara says, I'll prove to you that that makes sense, the way we're explaining it. In one case, it says, it's like a punda. In a hotel, you don't bring animals. People bring their stuff that they store, that they're carrying, their payers, but they don't bring animals in. So therefore, it makes sense that it's talking about only for payros, that's the case of Rabbi Yosef, but not for animals. And that's why it's considered Biyabz Day Acher, and that's why over there you're chai for Shein Regal. But Ketani Hossam, but in the other brides, it says, do me the Bika. Bika, the main reason for a Bika is to be able to bring in your animals. So therefore, it's talking about, so Shmaminav, this is a good ride. So it begs the reconcile, it doesn't have to be a machlokas tanoi. Sometimes a chatzashel shutvim is considered to be like a zdei, a, a zdei acher and your chayv and shein varegel. Sometimes it's not considered a zdei acher, like a shutzaram and your part of zdei acher. So muscular of Zera. So Zera says like this, one second, the case where you told me that it's not like a shutzaram, it's considered like a zdei acher, is where they both have permission to keep the payers there, right? So came into Mircheres Leperos since they, uh, it's talking about that it's, it, you have a right to put Paris there. So if they both have a right to put Paris there, then why is that considered Biyabz De Acher? Biyabz De Acher is mashma that you're going into a place that you're causing the damage in a place where only you, well, he had the right and not you had the right. But what are you damaging? You're damaging the payros. And the of the payros, you both had the right to put the payros there. So why is that called Biyabiz De'achar? It should be like Rishos Sarabim. Not like it. So what is it like this? L'chayr v'habe inan Biyabiz De'achar v'leika. So I'm only Abayah. So he said, that's a good kash. Rabzeir is asking a good kash. Abayah said, but the terrorist is partial. The terrorist is like this. It's true they both had the right to put the payros there. But what are we holding the liabilities coming? It's not the coming... The, what, the, dam, the damage is to the payrolls, but what's causing the damage? The shore. The shore did not have a right. So it is considered Biyabiz De Achr Legabe, the shore. So he says like this, Amalei Abayah, Kevin, the Ika, the Enam Yucheres, the Shwarm, they don't have a right to put their, bring their oxen in there. So stay Achr Karina, but we still consider it to be stay Achr. So Amalei Rav Achim, Adif Ravina. So he says like this, so the same way we reconcile, there's no machlokas tanoim over here, how do you know there's a machlokas amaroyim? Maybe the amaroyim also agree with the chilug. So therefore, since the tanoim are not arguing, the brides are not arguing, amaroyim ami 
So I'm like, it's very possible that there is no machlok zebchist in Rabbi Lozer. But if you want to tell me they argue, maybe it's bekushid They could be arguing. What they're arguing about? The kasha that was asked by Rav and the answer was given by Abaya. Remember, Rav Zeyra's kasha was, if I ha- both have permission to bring the Pharaohs, then it's not considered Steacher. Abaya said, no, but they don't have both permission to bring their animals. It is considered to be Steacher. That could be the Machlokas in a case where you only have permission with Pharaohs, but not for, do we consider Shusarabim? Because it's not considered Steacher. Oh, no. That could be the point that the Amarayim disagree, even though we reconciled the Tanoim, but that could be where the, they, 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 uh, okay, um, let me stop over here.